two people can face exactly the same challenge. One will be overwhelmed like in an avalanche, and the other will thrive. Again, it's the same challenge. They're side by side. In today's program, we're going to see what can be the life-changing difference. Stay tuned. You're listening to On the Rock with the unchanging word for changing times. We will continue our understanding the Bible series shortly, but for now, I want to give you what I believe is a timely word from the Lord. And it has to do with not what you do outwardly. It begins with who you are and how you handle life inwardly. Let's face it, we live in a time of challenge, and that's putting it mildly. We've seen at the beginning of the 2020s the most unbelievable, unusual, crisis-riddled, change-filled, chaos-laden kind of situation we've seen in our lifetime, regardless how old or young we may be. And the roller coaster ride still continues. Now, is it the end of the world? Is it the womb of opportunity? And the answer is both of them. But it depends on you. You actually have a choice whether to allow these things to be the end of the world or whether you can use these as an inflection point and leverage yourself to a better place. But actually, it's not you leverage yourself. You position yourself so that God can leverage you to a better place. Now, to cross the great chasm between those who think crisis is the end of the world to those that see it as an opportunity is not a matter of talent. It's not a matter of resourcefulness. It's not even a matter of connections. It's not what you know, but who you know. There is some truth to it, but that's not what cuts it. Your ultimate weapon, for better or for worse, lies within your own mind and heart. It's called attitude. The late Bob Gass had not one, but two great quotes on this very topic of attitude. One that I've already quoted before, but it bears repeating. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. Until you change it, you aren't going anywhere. The other one, just as wonderful, is this quote. Circumstances will not hold you back, but your attitude will. Friends, your attitude can make the difference between being stranded in the valley bottom or being catapulted to the mountaintop. Again, the choice is yours. In order to learn of the benefits of the right attitude, we need to turn to one of the great heroes of the Bible. His name is Daniel. Now remember that Daniel was a Judean who was taken as a young age, probably as a teenager, by Nebuchadnezzar, along with his three friends who became renamed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they went to Babylon and became part of, shall we say, the grand bureaucracy. They lived a privileged life, and all of them were challenged in the process. Daniel, though, excelled in everything. 
And now you've gone from a transition from the Babylonian Empire to the Persian Empire. Usually, changing of the empire is changing of the bureaucracy. But Daniel was so good, even as an older man, at what he did, that the Persians, incoming empire that is, wanted to not just continue his services, but to promote him. The key phrase here is found in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. And I'm using the authorized version because I like the rendering here. Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, and it reads like this. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. By the way, he was preferred. Why? Not just because of his gifting and not just because of experience, though that helped. He was preferred because he had an excellent spirit. He was so good in every area that the king of Persia wanted to promote him over the whole realm. Of course, that's a great honor, but it would also stir up great resentment. Let us explore this more because, friends, your attitude will determine your altitude, which is another quote. I don't know who said it, but it's so true. Attitude determines altitude. We don't just want a good attitude. We don't just want a B-plus attitude. We don't just even want an A-minus attitude. I know in Australia you have HDs and Ds and so on, so whether you want to call it a D-plus or HD-minus, the fact is we want an HD, an A-plus, a gold star attitude. While others crawl, plod, or freeze, the excellent spirit runs, sails, and soars. The excellent spirit, it flies high, while others are merely stranded on the runway, can't even take off to flight. Now, Daniel, who Jesus Christ himself refers to as a prophet in Matthew 24, verse 15, it was highly educated, especially gifted, effective at his work, with a wealth of firsthand experience. Over decades, he was a great asset to the Babylonian bureaucracy, as I've shared already, but and now the Persians have taken over. He's an older man. They want to utilize him even more than his former masters. Aptitude is important. Experience is important. But the thing that made him number one was his excellent spirit. And the Persian king wanted to set him over the whole realm. With this in mind, let's consider for a moment a definition. It's always important to define your key terms. Definition. What do we mean by an excellent spirit? Well, there's a few key things to bear in mind. First of all, an excellent spirit starts with, yes, a good attitude. You know, when people have a bad attitude, they're not just unpleasant to be around, but depending on the degree of the bad attitude, they can even be toxic. So why would you want to be hanging out with people of bad attitude? And yet, those with a good attitude are a delight. In fact, sometimes they're so delightful that if you're not in a good attitude, you'll get irritated because they are so blessed. But good attitude, which does imply maturity, 
It does imply self-control. It does imply wisdom, saying, doing, and thinking the right things. All of that contributes to a good attitude. And all of it contributes to making such an individual a contributing, helpful, productive, fruit-bearing person. That's something we all should want in life. It's not a matter of what we can get. It's a matter of what we can give. Because here's a secret that the world doesn't understand. The more we give, the more we get. Not that we're doing giving to get, but it's just a product. The more you sow, like sowing of seed, the more you will reap. It's the law of sowing and reaping. You can read a little bit about it in Galatians chapter 6. So a good attitude is the starting point of an excellent spirit. But we want to go from good to excellent. So that leads us to the next part. The next part is the excellent spirit means this. In the book of Proverbs, which I read virtually every single day and have done so for many years, the reason is simple. We live in crazy times. We need all the wisdom we can get. And Proverbs is basically God's consultancy. He gives you the advice that is not just priceless and invaluable, it's transformational. And in chapter 4, verse 7, it says that wisdom and understanding should be our number one priority. Let me quote it to you, Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. Now, when you acquire wisdom and understanding, and you can have it, by the way. If you seek for it, you shall find it. And if you read chapter 8 of Proverbs, you'll find that wisdom and knowledge and understanding are literally going out into the streets, going into the high places, going to where the voice can be heard, and they're actively recruiting people, inviting them to the banquet where they can gain wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. It's not like they're playing hide-and-seek and you've got to work really hard to find them. They're looking for you. Are you going to say yes or say no to their grand invitation? Let's move over to Proverbs 17, 27, which this has to do with the excellent spirit. Proverbs 17, 27, He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. You see, an excellent spirit has Holy Spirit control of the tongue. Our tongues can get us into a lot of trouble. Our tongues, on the other hand, can open a pathway of blessing. Just read about the trouble side in James chapter 3. I mean, it's so bad, it can condemn you. Matthew 12, the same. Your mouth can condemn you, and you don't want that. You want the opposite. You want blessing. You want life. You want forgiveness. So if we have a mouth problem, and that's what forward mouths are, very mouthy, very cynical, very horrible, we need to have mouthwash, God's way. So one of the ways of having an excellent spirit is controlling what you say or even controlling how much you say. Sometimes the less said, the better. Please note Jesus Christ didn't waste words. Oftentimes, he answered questions with one-liners that were so 
on the ball that had put his critics to silence. I mean, they had nothing more they could say. Like when the woman was caught in adultery and she was brought to Jesus and told she should be stoned because that's what Moses says. But what do you say? This is in John 8. What does Jesus say? Well, he who is without sin can cast the first stone. Boom. Few words, transformational. So we would do well to use less words, not more. And when you find understanding, which is not just knowing what's going on, but why it's going on, that's the understanding. That's the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, then when you have understanding, you win everything. The Spirit understands. It's invaluable. The insights God gives you with that understanding will open doors and have opportunities chase you that you could never imagine. It's increasingly important that we watch what we say and that we seek understanding. I'd rather ask questions and gain insight and understanding than do all the talking. I'm doing talking now, but believe me, friends, I do a lot of listening. There is a third aspect to the excellent spirit. And without this, it would be incomplete. An excellent spirit is a grateful spirit. Grateful to God, grateful to people. And gratitude is so wonderful because oftentimes it is so rare. Here's a glaring example from Luke 17, 11 to 19. There were 10 lepers that came to Jesus. They were desperate. They knew he could heal them. So please heal us, Jesus. Well, Jesus, of course, is willing more than you realize. But he gives them an interesting answer. They want to be healed, so what does he say? Well, go show yourself to the priest. Hmm, what's all that about? You see, according to Leviticus chapter 13, verse 2, only healed lepers could appear before the priest and give to the priest the prescribed offering. So by obeying Jesus, leaving him behind and heading off to the priest while they were still in a leprous condition, these men were demonstrating two important things. They were demonstrating obedience to the clear word of God, and they were also demonstrating faith. They believed what Jesus said, and they complied. They didn't argue and say, we can't go to the priest, we're not clean, we still have our leprosy. They didn't do that. They did exactly what they were told. And because they had obedience and faith, guess what? They were completely healed. Every single one of them, all ten. That's the good news. But unfortunately, on the heels of the good news was some bad news. Because out of the ten lepers, only one of them turned around, returned to Jesus in order to say thank you. What is even more outlandish is that the grateful healed leper wasn't even an Israelite. He was a Samaritan. Oh, he was neighbors to the Judeans, but he was not from the house of Israel. Jesus made note of this scandalous display of ingratitude. Where are the other nine lepers? 
is no one returned except this foreigner. In other words, one leper out of 10 represents a 10% gratitude rate. And unfortunately, I'm not sure it has risen any higher, this 10% gratitude, in the last 2,000 years. That is why we encourage heeding the exhortation in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Remember, we thank God for everything, not just the good things. Because even in the bad things, when you thank God, he'll turn the bad into good. Or to use an old adage, he'll take the sour lemons and turn them into lemonade. Just putting this simple verse into practice will set you far above the rest. It means you have an excellent spirit. And can I just say that praise, worship, and thanksgiving, I've said it many times before, I'll say it again, praise, worship, and thanksgiving are part of the language of faith. While these are the main pillars of an excellent spirit, there's other things you can do. Exercising the fruit of the spirit of self-control shows great strength more than anyone who conquers a city. The potency of an excellent spirit is as such that even when you are ill, it will carry you until you are well. Furthermore, the excellent spirit is like the spotlight of the inner person for yourself and for others. And with a lot of fake and falseness, in our world. We need the discernment that comes from an excellent spirit. And finally, listen to this from Habakkuk 3, at the very end of the book, 17 to 19 are the verses. You will go to places while others are marooned on the sideline. It gives an excellent example in Habakkuk 3, especially when everything goes wrong. Rejoice in God no matter what, because God is your strength. He will give you the hind's feet, which is like the deer's feet, and you will walk on the high places. Like Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 8, you will be leaping over the mountains and skipping over the hills. But if you want a little homework assignment, look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 to 23. All of these things are part of an excellent spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 to 28. And if you've got sludge in your spirit, practice Fasting, that's if you're healthy enough, because fasting can do wonders. Remember, Daniel's experience with his excellent spirit was continually tested. The unkosher diet, chapter 1. Capital punishment for Daniel's wise men, chapter 2. The fiery furnace in chapter 3. In the lion's den, chapter 6. But the excellent spirit caused Daniel and his three friends to prevail. And you can too. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. We've learned about the right attitude to face the future with confidence. Now, in Jesus' name, help us do as Daniel did, and like cream, we will always rise to the top. Through Christ Jesus the Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen.